Hello, everybody, and welcome to G-Wiz, your family-friendly podcast where we discuss D&D Onslaught, Dice Masters, Heroclix, and the other entertaining games made by WizKids. I'm WizDad, and I'm your reminder that there's only ten more days till Christmas. You are quickly running out of time. Like, very fast. Maybe you need to hit up your local Ollie's tonight. Buy some Nick Fury Agents of Shield boosters, or something for that Heroclix fan, or some other wonderful items at affordable prices. WizDad is not affiliated or sponsored by Ollie's. I will be your guide for navigating the competitive and casual scenes of the WizKids Triforce of Gaming. It's Heroclix Friday. Today we are going to begin our 2023 year in review. What we will do is we'll start by going through all the sets that were released in 2023 and what their impact was on the Heroclix meta and how they hold up today. However, it's WizKids Progress Report time! Kowalski, Progress Report! So for the WizKids Progress Report, a few things to talk about before we hop into Fishing with WizDad and begin our 2023 review. First off, don't forget that, uh, you know, the year is pretty much done as far as WizKids uh, releases go. But January is looking pretty packed when it comes to all WizKids releases. Now for... Um, I should say for hero clicks that's a little different hero clicks we have oh and this is actually a little bit of a change i they must have recently changed this january we only have the um where to go uh the the cry for blood monthly op kit now i have seen people already getting that in hand so I can't remember if the Cry for Blood one was one that was delayed. It was originally December, and maybe they already sent some out. It's showing here a January 10th date of release. So, I, I've i seen the dials, I believe, are already up on HC units, so feel free to take a look at that. The thing that has changed is, remember, we were supposed to get Colossal Kong in December. That was pushed to January. And so we were supposed to get Colossal Kong and Sherlock Holmes in January. Sherlock Holmes has now been pushed to February. So that puts it in the same month as the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day Iconics. So as of right now, we only have the Cry for Blood and the Colossal Kong set for January. Which perfectly okay for me. I prefer January to be relatively light because January is coming after Christmas and so same with like the Champion Clicks event I'm not going this year because finances just aren't lining up for me to be able to go and while that stinks it's just I spend money on family and friends and kids and usually January is kind of my recovery month where I'm you know I spent a little much I pull back in January so that's great for me but for Heroclix fans, that gives us kind of three months, effectively, because, you know, Wheels of Vengeance came out, I believe, technically in November, but really came out in October, like the end of October. So that gives us, you know, most of November, December, and then January before the next set. So that gives us a really good reprieve, time to breathe, recover our finances before next phase comes out in uh, February. Now, I am under the impression that it is going to be a very early February release, leading to a January 
pre-release, uh, which spells well for hopefully champion clicks. Hopefully they're able to get some pre-release stuff. The reason why I think that's the case is because we have the Deadpool set set for March, and they don't typically like to do two sets in back-to-back -back months that close together, right? Like at the end of February to beginning of March. They don't do that. So that leads me to believe that next phase will be more of the beginning of February, and Deadpool will be more end of March. And it may even be delayed till, till April, because there's really... Uh, the they don't even have the next sets out here on solicits yet. The, I believe the set after Wolverine is the DC time set. I don't remember the name of it, if they showed the name of it yet, but it's like the relating to like time travel and stuff. So keep that in mind. So they did push the Sherlock set, um, which is interesting. That's an icon. That's probably the next Iconics I'm getting. We haven't seen Colossal Kong yet. I'm actually a little shocked we haven't seen the dial. So, stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll get something soon for the Colossal Kong. On the erratas and clarification side, I alluded to this on Wednesday's show. They did make some additional erratas, very minor ones, for DC Heroclix Iconics and an updated errata for the Wheels of Vengeance and DC Organized Play Kit. They did this about... A week after they did the ones for Wheels of Vengeance. Really nothing to write home about. Um, at least none that I can see. Let me look back on the Iconics. Where, where is the Iconics ones? Wizkits exclusives. Oh, so what they did for the Iconics for DC. It's for the 010 Superboy. When an opposing character targets Superboy without wit or perplex until your next turn, he can use Battle Fury and Close Combat Expert. They updated that to be until the end of your next turn, which makes a lot of sense, right? Um, I don't remember if I mentioned that, but like if he was targeted without wit or perplex, he just gets Battle Fury and Close Combat, and it's like, what's the point if you, your next turn it goes away? So that's a good errata. It, it needed to happen. Uh, perfectly fine with that one. Uh, let's see, DC Organized Play Kit. Oh, that's right. So they did make some fixes to the... Uh, the... Um, blanket on the name. The Royal Flush Gang Storyline OP Kit. Basically, all of the bystanders have a set symbol and a collector number, number and a point value. So B001 Ace, B00210, B003 Jack, B004 Queen, and B005 King. They do have set symbols and collector numbers. I actually need to look at that. Because I, I have yet to really dig deep into the, um, the bystander. So if they have set symbols, that means they could be played. Okay. So each set comes with, you know, the ten, the legacy card for 10. It comes with the figures, but then it comes, and the legacy card for, uh, not legacy for 10, I'm sorry, the, uh, the team-up card, but also has the uh, legacy card for Ace, but they also come with bystanders. So looking at these bystanders, you got Ace, which is just a, a charge piece, charge super strength. 10 is a stealth outwit with Batman, Family and Batman Enemy, cool. 
Jack is a running shot pen uh, running shot precision strike and enhancement interesting queen is a hypersonic rce end cap and then king is just charge blades exploit so all of the bystanders are 10 points except for king which is 20. that is interesting though is that we have bystanders now that you could just pay 10 points to play that's something i mean that's something to note i think probably 10 is the only one you would even remotely consider because she is a stealth super senses outwit she doesn't need why does she have stealth when she has batman ally that just seems silly that's it that seems really silly actually so either way um they did give them i don't know if like they didn't have that before but technically they do have point values and set symbols so you're able to play those bystanders on their own no idea if that's going to be playable probably not but Maybe if something comes with the Royal Flush Gang, there'll be something there. They also did a um, some other minor changes. I, honestly, I can't remember what... Um, I think the main change they made to Wheels of Vengeance is uh, Ninkantu, the damage value click one, should be three instead of four. I feel like that's the one I haven't seen since last time. Uh, yeah, I think that's... I think that's the one. Werewolf by Night... I think we already talked about last time when I last week when I went over the the erratas. So that's pretty much it for the erratas and changes. Now we do have some tournaments going on uh, leading up to the champion clicks. So it's um we're gearing up, guys. We're gearing up, heading into the preseason with what I call the official hero click season kicking off at champion clicks. That is like the big, like, end of January. Here we go. Welcome to 2024 Hero Clicks. New season, the competitive season. Because, like I said before, once that kicks off, then we have two two sets back-to-back. -back. We're going to have some little, not little, but some tournaments in between. Like, the Kilted Classic will probably happen. Um, a few others. Then we'll have um, the Rock Cup in May. Then we'll have States. And then we'll have, like, we're, we're gearing up now to the season i guess full season we're kind of in pre-season right now um, so if you want to stay on top of things because you know we haven't really had significant events since worlds so the meta right now is very uh should i say raw untested you've had some events out there but not really like heavily tested so it's going to be very interesting going to champion clicks to see what exactly is creme de la creme but that's talking about 2024 i don't want to talk about 2024 yet let's take a look back at 2023 and the goal is is to look at all the sets that were made in 2023 and see how they stand up to time i'll see you on the other side and fishing with wisdom get your gear little man we're going fishing and i mean now all right so let's begin our 2023 recap so what i want to do is i want to do kind of like i did with onslaught and go through the releases that occurred in 2023 in order but also talk a little bit about the impact it made on the meta for or the competitive scene whichever for hero clicks the reason why i want to do that is one it's good to 
keep all this info in posterity. It's hard sometimes to remember how things were a year ago. Uh, I'm sure a lot of, I hope a lot of people can relate. Maybe it's, I'm, maybe I'm just crazy, but it's good to keep some of this info in your head, uh, to keep an idea of how things were. So that way, when you look into the future, you're not looking at a rose colored glasses thinking, oh, last year was amazing. So going into 2023, we had just gotten the Avengers Forever set, I believe, in November-ish. And overall, that set was okay. We were still reeling a bit from, um, you know, Disney Plus had made such a huge splash. And then we had gotten X of Swords. And so we were just, like, inundated with X of Swords play, whether it be the, the main set or the storyline OP kid. And so the storyline with all the months and everything, we were knee deep in X-Men heaven, essentially. A lot of keyword cheating, a lot of, you know, bringing in like Jubilees and stuff like that. We were starting to get to the golden age of X-Men, I would say. And, and well, you could argue the Wolverine and Cyclops from X Xavier school was arguably the golden age with how crazy it was with that and and the the blackbird and and the call-ins but i would argue probably the beginning of 2023 into 2022 was really the golden age of x-men hero clicks maybe not in the way you intended it to be but that's where we had a lot of swap in we had um you know apocalypse genesis being legal and then them bringing everyone into X-Men. So going into 2023, we started things off with a January set, Batman Team-Up, and that introduced the rings and the constructs. By far one of the most meta-defining sets we've had in a while uh, was the rings. The rings just added so much to the game. The set itself, let's go through some of the figures and let's talk about some of the figures in the set and um, I'm going to pick out some that I think impacted the meta and impacted the competitive scene um, either at that time or now. And then we could kind of judge, okay, what well, was this set good overall? So obviously all the rings, the bat belt, all of that stuff, absolutely some of the best equipment we've gotten in a long time. Now, would I argue is it good equipment? I'm a little worried about how overpowered they are, but keep in mind also, Batman Team-Up really introduced the concept of qualifying keywords to equipment, which I think that is what makes Lant the Rings even more powerful than they were initially. The fact that if they have that Lantern Core keyword, they just get the ring for free is what kind of sets the rings apart from everything. And that's really, this is where it all started, folks. Don't forget, we're not even to a year of having the qualifying keywords. So from the get-go, just that introduces a ton to the competitive scene and instantly elevated Batman team up to a higher level, like a higher tier of quality Heroclix set. The only thing I would say that really brought the, the set down, in my opinion, is one, it was the introduction of, well, I guess you could say the Exosword's storyline OP kit was the introduction, but 
this was the first main set introduction of you are only getting four characters and then a construct. I still am a little, um, I, I still don't know how I feel about that concept. I feel like that has still led itself to a very dangerous road that we're still on. Uh, Wheels of Vengeance, for example, only four characters. I know one of them is a, 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 a Twinkie base, but still, it, it set a precedent that I don't know if we really wanted. Now, after everything came out, you could argue it's fine um, because of how many constructs you needed. Nowadays, if you're buying some Batman team-up, you're probably buying it to look for those constructs <laughs> more than some of the figures in the set. The figures in the set, I will say, probably haven't held up, some of them, haven't held up as well as... Uh, haven't held up well in the competitive scene. Um, starting real quick, going through kind of some of the set, out of all the comments in the set, really you've only got some of the Gotham City Underworld figures that are really making an impact um, and this is for modern and for pulp really it's just the batman team up characters uh, not batman team up the uh, the gotham city underworld figures that i feel like are making any sort of impact in in the competitive scene uh and to the uncommons it's pretty much the same thing poison ivy the penguin joker really it's just gotham city underworld no one's playing bumblebee or jinx or any of those characters now into the rares things get a quite a bit different you saw the impact of obviously deathstroke who is a meta staple for pulp um, as he should be he's very good you've seen peacemaker who really needed had to have some changes had to make some things because he made mission points a little too easy but he was still an impact at the time and and going forward the brain has a little bit of impact for 35 points, especially in Pulp. And then um, there remains to be seen about Aquaman, specifically ruler theme with his team-up card, being able to give standard characters that share a keyword with him, the Dolphin Symbol. Dolphin Symbol has seen a lot of help recently and a lot of bumps, thanks to Notorious, which we'll get to, uh, maybe this episode. So uh, I would argue that Aquaman is also important. So we're looking at, you know, what, four of the rares making a competitive splash, whether that's now or at the time. Um, most of these are making a splash now, because remember, Pulp didn't exist when this set came out. I believe Pulp was introduced... Ooh, that's a wonderful question. Um, I believe it was introduced in, like, February or April? Um... May 5th, I'm seeing an update from WizKids. Yeah, talking about new, premiering two new formats. So at the time, these figures didn't make that much of an impact. Peacemaker did a bit, and Aquaman probably hadn't. So really, none of these rares made an impact in the competitive scene at the time the set was released. Now, thanks to pulp format, um, much better impact. Going into the super rares, uh, really, I mean, you've got the prime Batman, super important back in the day, still important today. Uh, being able to get the Bat Belt and the Green Lantern for 25 points, still very playable. 
Um, I would argue the most playable out of all the super rares from this set is St. Walker. Um, I don't know if he really hit the ground running, but he did start seeing a lot more play later spring going into states. He saw a lot of play with some of the, um, you know, there's the Prime Iron Spider teams. Uh, there was a few other teams that really made use of his 30-point dial, giving you the Blue Lantern ring enhancement in power but within range and if he since he has the blue lantern ring it's also plus one attack and he's got perplex he's got all this stuff um incredibly good piece even today he is a great piece and then we have the prime wonder woman who hasn't seen a ton of play um yeah she hasn't and you could go out there if you're curious about any of this you can go out to HC units. Now, HC units wasn't really a big thing, I don't think, in January. It, it became bigger down the line. Um, but you could go out to HC units, and if you click on any of these figures, you could see at the bottom how many teams were really building with this figure in mind. And she really didn't start seeing play, like significant building, until states. And that might be relating to the fact that we didn't have a ton of tournaments at the time you know we had champion clicks in january the kilted classic i believe was in march-ish and then the rock cup was really more silver age than modern so prime wonder woman is definitely one you want to keep on your radar going forward um but there remains to be seen how much impact she's going to make i think it's going to be a decent amount but we'll have to see but outside of that it's really just those three the two primes in St. Walker that it, that really made an impact in the competitive scene. Going into the chases, uh, I hate to say it, but the chases of this set outside of Scrappy have not seen much at all. And Scrappy was only ever really played on the sideline. You know, you're never really playing Scrappy. Scrappy just comes in for your celebrity or detective team but fred bat even batman who arguably was probably one of the more meta pieces in the set just didn't see much play and he still doesn't unfortunately so that kind of leads me to think like if you think of how many i talked about um and we could talk about legacy real quick the legacy cards were cool we had some of the duo figures come back but really out of all the legacy cards you're looking at Commissioner Gordon as a free TK sort of saw a little bit of play, but it's really World's Finest and the Casey Green Lantern that was elevated beyond all the rest. World's Finest, an amazing legacy card, 60 points, three clicks, but hard to take out. You know, they're looking now, like in per HC units, uh, in July, there was over 150 teams that built that were built with World's Finest. And that might not seem much, but remember, not everyone uses HC units. So that just kind of gives you an idea. You know, I would almost rather see on here, um, in the stats down there, maybe I'll mention this to Clay, it'd be cool to see percentage. Like, what percentage of builds during this month included that? So 150 out of how many would be interesting. Green Lantern obviously saw play because 20 points for leadership and he gets the Green Lantern ring for free. Amazing value. 
So you have those two legacy cards. You have the three, the one chase, the three super rares, and that's kind of really all that came into the competitive scene, at least the very top level. I'm talking about winning competitive uh, tournaments. Um, I remember when I went to the Champion Clicks event last year in January. Um, this the, first off, this set was um, the event was a little bit earlier in the month. Uh, the set hadn't fully released; it was in pre-release, but we got to play a lot of Batman Team Up. But it wasn't legal for the the modern events. I know at that time, it was still very much a X-Men rush. We were still getting used to to um, tarot cards. We were still getting... Basically, it was across the map. I remember playing against Isaac, I believe, in top eight. And he had the... the I don't think it was Sky Tyrant at the time. I think it, it was the X-Men swap team. And just being able to just cross the map using Polaris to free TK, having Venom Mags to free TK... And just kind of come over. I think it was Sky Tyrant, to be honest. Sky Tyrant and Sarkarian Iron Man. And just, you know, wall up your team. Uh, I know at Champion Clicks, I was playing an Avengers team. Avengers Swap, because I love Avengers Swap. And uh, I was playing it with... It was technically a soldier-themed team. Because I was playing uh, the two Captain America swaps. Sarkarian Iron Man. Uh, was he a soldier? No, I don't think he was. I basically had a bunch of Avenger swaps and Emperor Gladiator. And so Emperor Gladiator stayed, and then I swapped to, effectively, Sarkarian Iron Man. Let's see. Sarkarian Iron Man, Scarlet Witch. I had Emperor Gladiator, so that puts me at 225. And then Miss um, Kang. I really liked Miss Kang at the time. And so that was kind of just a picture, you know, Scarlet Witch, Sarkarian Iron Man was still big. X-Men was by far the biggest team uh, because you still had the Jubilees that could be played. And if you didn't win map, then you swapped out to something else. So competitive at the time was um, still X-Men Heaven. But if you want to look at Batman Team Up, um, you also got the introduction, I, sh I should say, the introduction of the mystery cards, which even... Today, I don't think we've fully cracked the potential of mystery cards. Um, we're getting better ones that are a little bit easier, um, but I think some of the ones for Batman Team Up still have room to be played to be more beneficial. I know, looking at some of the, um, I think it may have been the Cry for Blood set, uh, the, the OP kit, there, there are characters coming out or have come out that utilize help you get clue tokens faster. Um, so uh, I, I like the concept of mystery cards. I'm glad they've continued them, sprinkled them into different sets and OP kits. It's smart. Give us more of it. More of these cool mystery cards, more items or equipment. Um, it's, it, it's very neat. So if I were to look at Batman Team Up as a whole, going into 2023, um, obviously I can't just not include the rings as as and the equipment as showing how important the set was and is so obviously it's going to be the higher one of the higher tier sets the problem is is the figures that you get in them if you don't pull one of those two 
primes, the super rare primes, you're probably really going to be hurting on value at this point. Uh, really, you're looking at constructs, and now some of the constructs, if you're, this is kind of financial talk, I guess, if you're looking at the constructs, you know, some of them are still worth a decent amount of money. Uh, the chainsaw, I believe, is probably still like $15, $20 at this point. But, you know, uh, it's still probably one of the sets that you want to pick up because if you get a ring, you get some of those good side constructs, you're going to hopefully make your money back on the booster, even if you pull poorly. Uh, I try to look at sets of, sure, I can, I can hit the jackpot and get an ultra chase or a chase, but what is the likelihood that I get a booster, pull figures, and feel like I got equitable value for what I put in? So if I buy a booster of Batman Team-Up, say $16, $17, however much it is nowadays, do I feel like I get $16, $17 worth of clicks out of it? Or should I have bought singles? Batman Team-Up still holds some value because of the constructs, because of the rings. Even the mystery cards help a little bit. Um, the figures themselves won't. So you're really counting on hitting some of the, you know, some of the out-of-the-park, you know, the good constructs. Would I buy Batman Team-Up today? Now, I am missing a decent amount of the constructs and rings. Looking over there at my table now where I have them all listed or all out, I'm missing some. Like, I don't have much of the red construct or the star sapphires. I mostly have the yellow and green, and I think I have all of the orange lanterns uh, constructs. So, probably not. Um, I would probably just buy singles. But if you see one on, on the... Uh, on the rack, it doesn't hurt to get some. You might end up with a ring, a mystery card, or a good construct. So after Batman Team Up came out, we then had a little bit of a break. We didn't have much in the way of tournaments, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I believe, let's see, going back in time. And once again, HC units, um, yeah, there wasn't really much going on at the time. We had some Majestic tournaments, there's a Bradcast event in April. The Kilted Classic really didn't hit till April 15th. So there was kind of a bit of a lull. And that's when we got Spider-Man. Beyond Amazing. If you don't remember... Oh, and also I should mention, we got a rules update, right? Batman Team-Up introduced... A rules update that changed quite a bit of things um, I won't go into the rules update maybe I'll save that for next week uh, of the impact of the rules and, and what I think about those changes but don't forget we did have a rules change because they were also introducing um, terrain markers and that's what we get with spider-man beyond amazing Sp spider-man beyond amazing came out March 15th for those that have forgotten now remember that's the release date Usually that means there's a pre-release a couple, you know, two weeks before that. Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, I think, is an interesting set. Now, it did include some equipment. It did include a lot of terrain markers, which absolutely defined and changed the competitive scene. The fact that you could now play blocking, play hindering, play water, and you could bring some of those big pieces in changed things no longer were you tied to the fact that oh they put me on 
you know, the farm or whatever it was called, the field. And now I have no elevated and no water. I'm on the most uh, basic map out there, so I can't do some of the things I want to do. Well, you could bring terrain markers now. It was a big to-do. Um, I think people are still learning how to really effectively use terrain markers. It really made super strength better. Um, but we also got equipment. Don't forget that. We got seven pieces of equipment. The web shooters, billy club, shot gauntlets, boomerangs, boomerangs, pumpkin bombs, and the two symbiotes. They were not as meta impactful as the rings. Like, by far they were not. None of them were defensive outside of, like, the black symbiote, which gave you stealth. And even then, I don't think the symbiote is really being played on its own. Typically, it's being played as someone with the symbiote keyword for free. So you're looking at more offensive equipment, which at the time we had this equipment from Disney Plus, we had the equipment from all the swords, and we had the rings. So I feel like the, the equipment from Spider-Man kind of um, felt a little not as great if that makes sense but they're still impactful i mean the billy clubs are great in my opinion boomerang boomerangs falls in line with the like alchemical fire that we got in future foundation which was also legal at the time so say what you will about that so looking at just the comments from beyond amazing um i could tell you these comments are not beyond amazing really it was just aunt may that really saw any sort of significant play 10 points to give you support which at the time was the new support which we know now is how it is now uh which was significant it was a significant change and we also saw the change to spider-man family um the spider-man ta which made it the super sense it's like wonder woman ta so really out of the comments aunt may was the only one that made any sort of splash um and that was sort of in modern definitely more in pulp i feel like when that was introduced but in modern she really did not see much play until states which is when everyone was really starting to build uh more intensively the uncommons in this set are not good to be honest none of these are being played uh just looking at all of them none of them are being played the rares the rares also just aren't being played uh prime kingpin even he doesn't see much play. The only figure that really saw, in my opinion, a decent amount of play. It's not even my opinion. The only rare of significance from this set that has seen play more recently, it wasn't until States that this figure blew up, was Prime Spider-Man. Um, to think that it took three months, really, for Prime Spider-Man to really explode is kind of crazy uh, to, to be honest he didn't see i guess when people realize give him the necro sword play him on the smaller maps because also remember this is the beginning of smaller maps we got sort of smaller maps in batman team up but spider-man is really when we just only got smaller maps so the advent of smaller maps the rules change prime spider-man became a a, a competitive juggernaut not juggernaut but a competitive like staple and that continues today that will continue it, it, you know a, after rotation 
he's continued. Now he lost the Necro Sword, which was kind of his bread and butter. He goes in, you don't get super sense of shape change. He's able to just wallop you with his flurry. It was it was pretty gross. I played him. It was pretty gross, and I played against a bunch of them. Going forward, still got to know how to handle this Prime Spider-Man. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on the Gauntlet. It is definitely a, um, a piece you've got to prepare for. However, beyond... Amazing. No, beyond that Spider-Man, um, that's kind of it for the rares. Even in Pulp, these aren't seen play. Uh, they just aren't. Um, I've seen Mysterio be played a little bit. Um, just because he makes those, those uh, pogs that kind of do a lot. But no, like none of these. And even going into the Super Rich, you do have uh, Prime Iron Spider, which I mentioned before, who saw, I feel like, a lot more play in the summer. Um, being able to kind of, and this was before the Errata. Uh, before the Errata, he just gave everyone Sinister Syndicate and then kind of gave everybody, you know, made things a little bit better. Um, and then the Errata means they had to have it printed on their base. So it, it wasn't working as intended, but still, even today, he's still very good about getting... Um, Getting people safeguard outwit, uh, the whole, you know, when he uses leadership and succeeds, characters within range can't use the effective equipment, that's big also. And he honestly is probably the only play from the super rares. So another prime, like Doc Ock is fine as a super rare. Um, you know, Carnage wasn't great, Madam Web wasn't great, Venom Thanos, no. Even Prime Green Goblin hasn't seen like any play. So, you know, we're going into rares and super rares with maybe two to three figures. And we're going into the chases. And that's really where things change dramatically. The introduction of the Carnage chases um, was significant. It introduced the concept of here are figures that if they KO one or more opposing characters, they're going to heal past their starting line. And they had great lower point starting lines. Obviously, the creme de la creme is Carnage Silver Surfer. Uh, I would argue the rest of the Carnage chases don't see a fraction of what Carnage Silver Surfer plays. He is by far the, the most meta piece in this set. Next to Iowa, you could argue that Prime Spider-Man is runner-up. But Carnage Silver Surfer at 50 points... Um, is arguably what makes people feel positive about this set. Because the other half of the chases are the um, the Gwengers, so it's like the Gwen Stacy versions of Avengers, and none of those ha have made an impact. Like, you can argue, okay, in Gwenable Hulk, maybe, but no. Uh, relating to all the other figures, Carnage Silver Surfer is by far, like, third... In July, 261 builds were using it. 171 in uh, June. And that's when everyone was really ramping up using HC units. So, if you look at it more objectively, Spider-Man Beyond Amazing wasn't exactly amazing. Even the Legacy cards, the only really played ones out of all the Legacy cards is one, Frogman. Frogman's great, especially with the advent of new knockback damage. Frogman is great. And then you have the Legacy Carnage, 
the Colossal One at 10 points, who also saw a ton of play, in tandem with Carnage Silver Surfer half the time. So you're looking at two Carnage, uh, two Legacy, one Chase, uh, maybe one Prime Super Rare, one Rare Prime, and Aunt May. So six six figures that are like highly competitive. That gener generally doesn't spell for a like very high tier set. It's just I feel like we elevate the set more because of Carnage Silver Surfer. But if you buy boosters out of the set, you're likely not getting Carnage Silver Surfer. If you're buying boosters, all the cool terrain markers don't come in any of the boosters. They all come in the two play at home kits and the starter set. So honestly, when I see Spider-Man Beyond Amazing on the set on the, on the shelf, I don't reach for it. In my opinion, it is not a set you probably want to buy into. When you only have one chase that out of the 10 or 12 that are significant, it's hard to reach for that. So like I would put Beyond Amazing down below Batman Team Up as far as good sets. It's still a decent set, but it's just not as like my head canon tells me it's a better set than it actually is. So coming out of Spider-Man, which once again, March, we go into the second I would consider the, the major event would be the Celtic Classic. Uh, looking at the results for the Celtic Classic on, once again, HC units, um, you can look at, you know, the winner of it all was Ken Small. He won with, you know, Scarlet Witch, Arachnite, uh, Death Metal Wonder Woman, Mad Jim, Felix Faust, and then the uh, Legacy Green Lantern. And uh, Star Sapphire, the 25.1 from Wonder Woman 80. So he was a um, unthemed, but basically not a lot of impact as far as like high level. Like he didn't use a Carnage Silver Surfer or anything like that. He was using Scarlet Witch and Arachnite, which came from 2022. Uh, even Death Metal Wonder Woman came from them, and Mad Jim, and Felix. Like basically everything but Legacy Green Lantern and the objects came from the previous year if we went down further you have uh rob olger who did a merlin team which used saturnines um lucas's third place team is probably the first one that really started to dip into a little bit of the newer sets from 2023 that he used world's finest at 60 points um, now of course obviously once again the rings and the utility belt and stuff like that made an impact it was just we didn't see the figures themselves make an impact, at least yet. Uh, we did see Corey Gold or Gould at fourth have the Prime Wonder Woman. So there you go. Alex Mater played Prime Wonder Woman also, but he also used Saint Walker in his team, which was a uh, unthemed. And this is where you saw a lot of unthemed teams, by the way. Now, Jay is the one that really not saying he set the standard j major at sixth but he did play what would soon be a popular team of double carnage silver surfers i know one of the biggest detriments at the time why there wasn't a lot more carnage silver surfers was his cost as soon as people realized how good he was he skyrocketed up to like 200 dollars or more and even today he's well above 100 dollars uh, just because of how impactful he is. And the fact that you generally want to have two of them. 
So Jade Major at six uh, played two Carnage Silver Surfers, Death Metal Wonder Woman, two of the uh, pun, uh, the OP prize, Grand Prize Apocalypses, and a Genesis and a Carnage. And then just going down the list, you could see, you know, there was a Prime Kingpin, uh, there was St. Walker's, saw a decent amount of play, there was an Iron Spider team. Um, overall, the Kilda Classic didn't have a ton of splash from 2023 yet, uh, outside of equipment. And like Carnage Silver Server, which is what I was alluding to of the two sets. As much as I fondly remember Batman Team Up because of the introduction of mystery cards and the rings, and how much I think fondly of Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, those two sets didn't have, outside of those kind of auxiliary or ancillary, whatever, whichever one, outside of those parts, the figures themselves, there wasn't a ton that made a splash. Like, definitely not as impactful as, like, Disney+, Plus, for example, or even X of Swords. So if we then go to kind of the, the last part I'm going to talk about in today, this is going to be kind of a multi-week thing. We're going to do kind of the first half of the year. So we're going to talk about going into the Rock Cup, Hero Clicks for Huntington's event, and kind of right before we get to States is kind of where we'll probably stop it for today, because this has already been going on a little bit. Going into May and June, which the competitive season had been underway, and we were still recovering from 2022, 2021, you know, it, the competitive scene hadn't hit the apex yet. A The competitive scene hadn't had like a, a huge array of tournaments. And we didn't really start getting that until this year, FYI. You know, spoilers for later. But going into May and the Heroclix for Huntington's event... That is uh, that was Silver Age, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because it is Silver Age. But that that is where we did see kind of the explosion of Carnage Silver Surfer and a little bit of Prime Spider-Man. That's where the 2023 figures started to see a lot of play. Easton, who won the Silver Age Championship, played Scarlet Witch, two Carnage Silver Surfers basically a modern team just with some you know mandarin rings and stuff like that andrew mashburn who got second um really didn't play any 2023 related figures uh he had a blue lantern ring on a maggot that was about it scott crampton played scarlet witch sarkian iron man bizarro green arrow matt jim star sapphire like uh, you see the usual suspects in silver but we did start seeing more and more of what would inevitably be the competitive team to beat for a while and that was the double carnage silver surfer uh maybe a, a sarkarian iron man venom magneto uh, molecule man was still a big problem at the time you just saw a bunch of that and then here clicks Huntington silver age event the rock cup still the same now we did start getting in may our first iconics we saw this spider-man double identity i've gone over all the iconics none of the iconics made an impact uh probably they still really haven't made an impact but we're starting to get to the point where they will be um but just keep that in your head that it isn't until the end of 2023 that iconics really made a big impact on the competitive scene but we did see our first one in may 
uh, the Spider-Man Double Identity, and then we saw the Captive Hearts Wolverine in June. And so the last thing I will go over, um, I'm going to leave the, the Avengers 60th review for the next for next week uh kind of talking about how that set impacted the meta but we did start seeing a little bit of what the set has to offer because remember we saw the set super early at hero clicks for huntington's at the sealed event that happened there and that's where we really saw um the power that the set was going to bring the set i feel like brought a decent amount but we saw really what the chases, and we I think someone even pulled the Ultra Chase, at least a team of cards. We started seeing the chases there. And that's when I think the competitive scene really was altered by that. Um, and I guess that could be like a little bit of a uh, a tease, if you will, like a tease for next, next week's episode. Um, so we go into states, and, and that is where the Heroclix competitive scene ramped up significantly. We left Heroclix for Huntington's. Everyone was feeling great. It was an amazing, amazing event. Um, it was a joy to help run it uh, with Howard and Scott Porter and Aaron Morgan and all of them. Uh, it was a great, great time. And that was really, for me, like Champion Clicks gave us a little bit of taste of, yes, this is what we've been missing since COVID. The this Hero Clicks for Huntington's event was kind of the first one where, because if you remember the original one back in 2022, the first in-person one happened on like Mother's Day, so like not everyone was able to to make it. It was still a successful event, but we knew that 2023 was going to be bigger, and it was. Um, it was an amazing, amazing event, and I'll touch on that just a little bit. It, it's for those that haven't been, um, and I'm hoping the plan is still to have it. Like we're still going to have the rock up and everything this year. Um, I'm hoping they make announcements. Usually it's at the beginning of January. But um, but yeah, it was a magical weekend, in, in my opinion. It kicked things off with uh, the Scott Crampton uh, tournament, where it's like he was able to get, I believe with Howard, a bunch of absolutely terrible old sealed sets. Like Streets of Gotham, um, Giant Size Avengers... Like, there were so many, like, bad, bad, old, old sets. And you're basically playing, like, a, a sealed event with some restrictions. Like, you can only have, uh, it was a three-person, a 3v3. And um, you, there was, it was nutty. It, I don't remember who won. It was kind of like an intro event. It was the Tracy Brock, I believe, intro event. And, uh... It was a lot of fun because everyone pulled bad. That that was kind of the point. And you had to play with these terrible figures. And I loved it. Like, I can't wait to do it next time because it was absolutely terrible. Like, from a figure standpoint, playing-wise, it was a lot of fun of just like, well, if I lose, I know it's just because, every, you know, everyone's got terrible figures. Like, mine's just more terrible. Um, that led into the next day, which was, I believe... I can't remember if it was the sealed, um, if it was the sealed event yet, or if it was um, our first. I guess I could go out here and look. Friday was yeah, our Scott Porter versus the World. That event um, was great when it started. The problem was is that uh, we were delayed in getting the Avenger 60th. 
there we had to wait multiple hours before we got it uh howard was nice enough and and, and a good sport of like getting us some other boosters to use like for a mini tournament uh in the meantime and just kind of play a little bit until we waited for those avengers 60th anniversary and i'll never forget waiting out like by the street with scott porter sitting here waiting for the the fedex or the ups truck to show up to drop off the boosters um when they finally did the whole community was super nice about it they knew it was outside of our control uh we just didn't get the boosters in time but we finally did after some time and it was a great great tournament because it was a set that wasn't supposed to come out for another month and we got very very early like incredibly early overall that was a fun event scott porter versus the world i always enjoyed that event um i like seeing scott play um also because he does surprisingly well in these scott porter versus the world tournaments sometimes you forget that he is a like he is a good player um, he he isn't like a, a scrub if you will say and then saturday of that event was the invitational that was the 3v3 team event uh, that was silver age extreme highlander um if i remember correctly i did i play in that event i think i played in that event but i did not do very well in it um unfortunately i'm blanking on what i played in that event um but uh, either way it, it neither here nor there it was a um fun even going into the silver age championships it was definitely fun to look at watch and it was a weekend filled with camaraderie people seeing people they haven't seen in forever i got to see a bunch of my canadian friends like i got to see jay solomon and and emily i got to see all of them who i haven't seen in person i i saw some of them at champion click so i guess i should back that up but it, it's nice to be able to see people you you don't get to see regularly so i'm hoping this year It'll be very much, the, or I guess 2024, it'll be very much the same. But it really was the the second event of the year that really made Heroclix feel back to how it used to be. And that, that kind of hope was really what's made 2023, like, going into States, a very promising, uplifting time. We still didn't have WKOs, but we still had hope going into 2023. And next week... We will talk about the rest going into Avenger 60th. We'll talk about Notorious. We'll talk about Wheels of Vengeance. We'll go through those set, talk about Nationals, Worlds. How did 2023 land? We know for the first half of it, it was looking very promising. Did it meet expectations or did it, you know, exceed expectations? So thank you guys for listening to this episode of G Wiz. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back on Monday for another matchup Monday. And uh, yeah, I'll see you then. Bye.